From social media influencer to creative media personality, Jafina has cultivated a creative space for herself through the power of social media. Hailing from the Scarborough community, Jafina speaks from a place of true authenticity and passion. From her early days in communications, she rose to new heights, elevating her brand, which then led to the culmination of her podcast titled The Park Car Conversation. Jafina is paving the way for minority creatives all across the city of Toronto. If you can make it out of Scarborough, you can make it anywhere. Checking in from season three of A Culture Conversation. I'm your host, Twin GQ. Top of the year, we want to start it off right. So I'm just gonna give you know the platform away to my, my guest, um, a female that came out of the same um, environment as me in Scarborough, my fellow Scarborough Knight. So what's up, uh, tap in. Scarborough in the house. Yes, yes. First and foremost, uh, yep. thank you for having me today. I was excited. When anyone from my own borough hits me up to collab for anything, I'm always excited. Anyone from my own city, I think it's really important to, you know, really push the narrative, push envelopes, you know, push the conversation in our own city. So I'm excited to be here. Yeah, for sure. And, yeah. you know, I wanted to kind of like, just before we get on record, wanted to kind of like just give you your flowers because coming from where we come from, a lot of people really turn a blind eye or it's like, I don't know, they don't think it's cool to kind of connect and collaborate and you know just mm -hmm. you know tell people that they're doing good work even if they're in the same industry Appreciate so that. i want to just take this time to kind of give you your flowers to say i've seen your growth right. what what you're doing in your respective industry and personally in your life so i think right. that's really important to address for everybody that's out there that mm -hmm. you know think that great things don't come from scarborough right here are good examples yeah. you know so we're gonna kind of uh, check in with you and you know just yeah. tell me a little bit about how you're adapting to life in, um, in COVID? Life in COVID, life in Scarborough in COVID, right? I, I know we're a little bit far from the city. So I think in terms of like what I've been doing, staying in my house. Yeah. Uh, I'm not like just in walks reach of restaurants and things like that. So a lot of home cooked meals, mm. right? Where if I was working before and you know, I would pick up food on the go, I'm cooking. You know what I'm saying? Exploring new recipes. Here I am on YouTube. Like how to make this kind of even a smoothie. It's like, mm. you know, expand my horizons in terms of like what I eat. Um, the family's doing good. I nice. think it's definitely been an adjustment for everyone. You, me, everyone. Yes. Whether it's at, you know, whatever our outlet is normally that we get our little fix of fresh air outside of the house, we don't get that anymore. You mm. know what I mean? Or, or unless we... We feel like we're condemned if we are. You know what I'm saying? So the small things, going to the gym, being able to see my friends. I miss my girlfriends. Oh my goodness, I miss them. You know Jeez. what I mean? But thankfully we have FaceTime. Yeah. FaceTime, Zoom, I've been able to, you know, talk to family all across the globe. Uh, I think that's almost brought us together closer because yeah. we don't really have much else to do but to talk. Mm. Right? So I'm thankful for technology and what it has done in terms of just being able to connect us. Right. So even right now, just even being able to sit here amongst this time and sit down with you, I was excited. Yes. You know, like it makes me appreciate the smaller things. Absolutely. You know, like life doesn't have to be like busy, busy, busy all the time. It's like sometimes I just like to sit down, relax, like have a like really in-depth, dope conversation. Yeah. Just check in with people that I normally don't check in with an everyday basis. Yeah. Um, so that's been really cool for COVID. Yeah. I'm doing OK. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy because okay. it's it's like 
you said a lot of great things. Mm -hmm. um, it's been like a year since I seen you. Which is crazy because a lot like last time I seen you, your like your son was really like small, small. and like oh. he's like growing now, and you know you're doing this amazing thing with your your podcast and your you know your media career, and you know even what I'm doing in my respective field, right. it's it's sometimes it's hard to kind of tap in with people that you know you used to be around all the time, right. but I feel like COVID has you know I look at COVID as you know the universe giving us a vacation. You know, all, all of the times we're kind of, you know, conforming to the reality of like work, work, work. Right. We got to work to live, to pay bills, to do this. So we kind of adapt that mentality, you know, Very but true. it's all about adapting to balance, you know, taking time to connect with mm -hmm. your family, your loved ones, mm -hmm. uh, yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like before COVID, a lot of people were neglecting the things that were true to their, their soul, right. education. You know, mm -hmm. connecting with your family, building with, you know, building or even fixing, you know, tempered relationships. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like it's hard, like, you know what I mean? But yeah. I feel like going forward, people have to really be grateful for these lessons that COVID has kind of brought upon the world. Sure. And, you know, just move with that intent, you know, have great intentions. And like I said, learn something like I feel like, like you said, yeah. home cooked meals, you know, I'm in the kitchen trying to like learn different like He's chefing up. yeah I'm trying I'm trying I'm trying so um I just go to say like use this as a moment to grow right. you know what I mean and I'm um, actually wanted to turn it into like a discussion with you talking about your parenting experiences in COVID right. how has that been okay let's put it this way like you said you didn't see me for a year and my kid was a baby and now in the middle of COVID he's a grown man like just like that like he's able to tell me what he wants what he doesn't want He's able to, you know, do things for himself and he wants to do things for himself. Yeah. Um, and I've spoken to a lot of other parents. I think the most challenging thing, and I think the biggest thing for me, like, as you said, balance and for COVID also, what it's doing to a lot of people is forcing you to accept change. Mm. Change is hard to accept. You know mm. what I'm saying? When your environment, like it's, it's comfortable, you know, and everything's yep. going good and all of a sudden, whoop, underneath your, your foot, like yeah. can't go to your job, can't see the people that you want to see. Yep. Uh, a lot of kids are in school full time and now, they're at home with their parents. That's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Instead yeah. of, you know, shipping them, it's, you know, going to school here, you have recess. Now, you know, there's no there's no breaks. You know what I'm saying? So people ask me how I'm doing. Like, I, you know, when I first saw you, it's like, I'm busy. Mm. You know what I mean? This kid is everywhere. He's in everything. Whew. Let me just take a breath for that one, okay? Yeah. Because this parenting thing is no joke. Yeah. And it's such an unprecedented time you would never think and obviously he's like two and a half right so mm, i wouldn't say he would necessarily for sure be in daycare but i would definitely explore the option of daycare if mm -hmm. covid wasn't a thing just for the social interaction mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying and i know he's starting to you know when he wakes him up mommy wake up wake up play play wow, like he always that's... wants to play and yeah. it's like I, I don't got two and a half year old energy. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I can't yeah. play. I, I shoot some hoops with him. You know what I'm saying? The yep. little, I'm, yep. you know, the little kid hoop thing. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty good at that, by the way. Okay, okay. You're working on your yeah. skills. Listen, I know you can really hoop. But we've done this before, but yep. like I'm gonna really show up on this little kid hoop. But I can't do it all day. Um, so I mean, mother's guilt plays a, a a role in that too, right? Because now that it's just like us in the house, we can't go outside. We can't see his cousins. We can't see his other like kid friends. I think that has been challenging, but nonetheless, shout out to YouTube. 
Okay, shout out to YouTube, keeping my kid entertained. Cokey Melon, Blippi, Goo Goo Gaga, all those shows. You're putting like, that on game, some some kids shows, some, okay. You know? And I, I think there's a shift also. I know a lot of people are like very skeptical of letting their kids watch television. And I, it's true, like this contact with his eyes so close, that's not really, I'm not really fond of that, but it does teach him a lot, you know? So in between the gaps of him being around the house, and thankfully I'm in the house with my family. Mm. You know what I mean? Mom, I'm not moving out anytime soon. Okay? <laughs> you you suck with us. The help, right? But yeah. I think it's just been interesting that, like, it's just day in and day out. It's kind of like the same thing, you know? Uh, so it's it, it, just, it definitely comes with its challenges, for sure. For yes. sure. And all the other parents, hang in there, man. Hang in there. Hopefully school. I know schools are shutting off, you know, yeah. closing on and whatever. But hopefully life resumes back to normal at some point because it's so important for kids to have that social interaction. Yeah, absolutely. And you feel yeah. like, especially those are like one of your like formative years of your life. Like mm -hmm. when you're going from like toddler into like, yeah. you know, little kid and transitioning mm -hmm. into your youth years, you know, you see now that uh, schools are going full um, virtual. Yeah. You know, they lose that contact with yeah. like, in terms of like socially, like, you know, you might right. build and have a connection with a friend mm -hmm. and, you might not see him for eight months. Like, what does that do mentally when you're only seeing your, your friend on Zoom, right? And how what would, you... What would you do if you didn't have gym class? Mm. You love gym. Yeah, what, that's crazy. I never thought of that. Gym. They don't have no gym. Yeah, I never thought of that. But, like, that's crazy. You know, it's like you got to figure it out now. And, like, right. um, for kids, like, I feel like motivation comes from your environment when you're yeah. eight, when you're nine. Like, you know, right. you, you get motivated when you're around people that are the same age as you, right. that are in the same positions as you, mm -hmm. um, you know? So I feel like in that sense, it's hard to motivate an eight-year-old to do your homework when your mom sure. is teaching you. And sure. you know, a lot of these kids that are getting taught, like, you know, right. you can relate. Um, I'm, my mom's a first generation, you know, immigrant. So mm -hmm. her teaching me how to write papers the right way right. isn't gonna be the same with a, a educator that, you know, went to university Definitely. and teacher's college, you know? Definitely. Luckily, you actually went to university and you, right. you know, acquired higher education. So it's easier for you to kind of teach your son. But the majority of parents kind of are behind the eight ball. Right. You know what I mean? So how do you feel about that? Obviously, your son is not at the age where he's in full time school. But right. could you imagine the possibilities or? I mean, I mean, I went to school and I have my honest degree in communication. But when it comes down to math, let me tell you, I'm passing them off to somebody else because yeah. that's not my forte. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So if I had to, like, you know, actually teach him, like, shout out to the teachers. I don't know if you know that, but I worked for the school board. I oh, that's for TCBSB. Oh, the, yeah. the Catholic school board. Yeah, I worked for the Catholic. I was working that's, in high schools in Scarborough. That's crazy. Yes, I worked at actually two different high schools in Scarborough this wow. year. Actually, right before uh, the quarantine hit, like when March break hit, that's when I gave him my resignation. That I was wow. going to be leaving. Yeah. Um, Yo, shout out to that one time. Yeah. You went back to your community and you yeah. served by teaching. The, wow, that's yeah, crazy. Yeah, it wasn't even, and I'm not a teacher. I was just, you know, like in the school. But I had a very interesting role where I was yeah. like one on with, one with the kids, right? And being in high school, being in Scarborough, you yeah. know what I'm saying? It was a lot of relations going on. Like mm. I knew how to relate to the kids. Yes. Like, because they were exactly how I was in Exactly. High and that's the like, it's like, mm -hmm. um, that's relatability. Like. Yeah. We talk about it and that's why even like I look at like urban culture, like right. the people that are moving urban culture through like sports and, right. and media and business. You can relate to the guy that came from nothing that ascended to something because right. you're from that same type of environment. Right. So now with the kids now, you 
you traveled those roads, you know, you used to yeah. go to Mona's and get roti at lunch or, For sure. you know, Woodside <laughs> Square or whatever. For sure. So it's like, like you said, now, like, it's like full circle. Like you're, you're seeing the same struggles that you once kind of were, were faced with. So right. obviously the, the errors are different, but talk about some of the similarities. When I look at some of those, for example, like some of those guys, those young guys in school, and they would trip me like, yo, miss. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. I'm literally looking at my virgins from high school. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the girls are me. You know what I'm saying? Even in terms of just like not wearing the right uniform shoes mm. and like, you know, they're getting in trouble for not wearing the right uniform shoes. It's like little things. I'm just like, I know, guys, I get it. It's annoying. But, you know, the same issue is going to come tomorrow when you're not wearing the all white, you know, the mm. black sole shoes because mm. the same thing's going on. So I think in terms of your mental state, this is something that I learned with years. As we're getting older now, like in retrospect, you can kind of look back and be like, you know what? I get what that person was trying to say to me. You know what I'm saying? I understand like time really goes by fast. Cherish those years, you know, maybe explore options for whatever happens after high school, post-secondary. And at that time, you don't really want to take it in. And I'm not saying all students are like this, but I can really resonate with the students who are just like having fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're focused yeah. on different things. Like, you know, academics are important, but also like you know being in the school board i realized it's not everything and it's not mm. for every kid yeah you know what i'm saying so especially being in that environment i feel like i have grown more of a sympathy for the kids who don't get the attention you yes. know what i mean because and one time shout out also shout out to the educators because mm. like that question you asked me earlier like what do you think you know how i would handle educating people go to school to be teachers for a reason you know what i'm saying there's a lot that goes into teaching and I think that like they don't have enough support. I'll honestly say that yeah. because you know what? You have twenty-eight to thirty, thirty-two kids in every classroom. You can't get to every kid. Yes, I, absolutely. And if you think right now during quarantine, parents are like overwhelmed with their one kid, their two kids, their mm -hmm. three kids. Can you imagine having twenty-eight to thirty of them in yeah. one classroom, right? And so what I've noticed is that there's a lot of kids that slip through the cracks. Like mm. they don't care about the schoolwork. They don't care because guess what? There's there's tons of things going on at home. Yeah. And people don't even realize that. Yeah. So especially in a time like COVID, like I feel like people need to realize that it's not just, you know, staying at home. There's kids that are home and people in general that are home in situations that are like really toxic. trying yeah. and toxic. Yep. You know, some kids are in group homes. Some kids, you know, parents have drug addiction. Some yeah. parents, you know, are abusive. You know, there's just like a array of different things that happen. And so... All in all, I feel sympathetic for the kids. Like, I just love them so much, honestly. I have a group yeah. board. Like, now that I'm yeah. not on the school board, it's, um, I have a lot of them on my socials. They geez, see the stuff I do. They tap in. They tune in. You know what I mean? We talk. Yeah. I call them on FaceTime. I don't have their numbers yeah. and stuff, but I, I call them on uh, Instagram video. I check in, like, hey, what's up with you? Like, yeah. you keeping up? You know what I mean? Yeah. Some of them have moved on. Like, a lot of the grade 12s have moved on now, and they're post-secondary. And, like, they, they don't know what university's like in campus mm. they're only online you know yeah. what i mean so it's kind of hard to to experience those things yeah and it's hard to guide them through that because i don't know i always had to go into campus to mm. do my work yeah when i was there yeah go to school yeah. it makes a big difference when you're in class versus when you're not in class honestly yeah. you know what I'm saying? so all in all man i think it's just like we'll get through it together yeah we'll get through this together honestly yeah. because it's a lot yeah and it's yeah. crazy because now that I'm thinking of it, it's been 10 years since I've been removed out of high school, which, old, which is crazy to say because I can still kind of identify with who I was at that time, 10 years ago, being a kid at 18, mm -hmm. you know, and 
not saying I didn't have hopes and dreams for the future, but not seeing, you know, what the teachers were doing in terms of like prepping us. And some teachers, you know, at the time I felt like, you know, couldn't really get to what like wasn't relatable to me. Right. How can you tell me to take uh, you know, um, English at like a international baccalaureate level right. if I didn't see the value? You know, right. now I'm doing things in journalism and mm -hmm. writing for Associated Press sources and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Ten years later, right. you know what I mean? And I say that to say this, like the fact that you went back down right. and you're translating that message from your experiences yeah. is going to kind of serve the highest value to them going for forward. Sure. Because okay. now that I look back, there were two or three educators that really primed mm -hmm. me and sparked the idea, that had that mm -hmm. same impact of you, that were more younger, relatable, like right. that came from the same narrative of right. you know, the kid. And not to say I didn't get the attention at home or around my peers, but right. you know, there's other things that were on my mind at that time when I was in school. Sure. You know, to, so to say that 10 years later, I'm doing all these other things and giving back to the community and stuff like that, it just goes to show like, what paying it for it does and that's what you're doing you're going back into your community and you're, you're serving sure. the kids you know what i mean so like that's a blessing in itself and you know like i said like shout out to you giving yeah. back to the scarborough community yeah. that's big so um i'm gonna kind of turn to like your experiences growing up in scarborough mm -hmm. and some of like the the pitfalls and the challenges <laughs> and the triumphs and you right. know the successes that you have right. to face for a lot of people that don't know what that world is like because right. scarborough is a tough place Shout out to Scarborough yep, one time. Yep. It's like anyone else that's not from Scarborough. Like, I've talked to so many people along the way, and they're just like, oh, you're from Scarborough? Or like, yeah, you oh. know what it reminds me of? It yeah. reminds me of, like, Brooklyn in the 80s. You see how everyone's like, yo, Brooklyn's, like, super tough. Mm -hmm. Nobody really makes it out there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, the cultural hub of, like, New York City. Right. That's what it reminds me of, of, like, the narrative. Like, oh, you're from Brooklyn? Like, now it's, like, gentrified, but it's like, right. oh, you're from Brooklyn? Right. Like, and you, you could have, you have family there. Like, yeah. you know, I went to school there, so. We, we both went yeah. to New yeah. York at one time. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, just talk about that. Scarborough, I, because I'm from Scarborough, I might be called bias, but I love it. I love everything about Scarborough. I think what I really enjoy is that it's very residential, if you will. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, I can understand when people from the West End or from downtown are just like, oh, Scarborough, you know? It's like, yeah, because you don't got no friends out here. Yeah. Like, all of our friends were from Scarborough. Yeah. So whether you were in your ends or a little bit further by Warningside or a little bit, like, you know, by VP, like, wherever the case is, there was always somebody that you knew that lived close by. Yeah. And that, those are parks. Those were, you know, I don't know, wherever. There's just, there's tons of things to do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And people really don't see the beauty in it. But what I really enjoy about Scarborough, the people. Mm. I like the people. It's big. It's yeah. a big borough. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. It goes from Steeles to what? Uh, St. Clair. Yeah, and, then, and the Kingston, Kingston on, on the east. Yeah. Morningside to VP. Yeah. That's big. If you ever drive on the 401 in Scarborough, like yeah. you're driving for a, a, a long time. Yeah, You know absolutely. what I'm saying? And growing up, I think I was, I was, I'm from Scarborough and I grew up in the suburbs of Scarborough, like the borders, mm. like along Steels, you mm. know that, yeah. right? Yeah, sure. And so I really had a different experience mm. than some of my friends who grew up on Eglinton, who grew up in, on St. Clair, 
you know what I mean? And I think that's like a beautiful thing because some of my brethren would come to my house and be like, Yeah, so they get the double experience. Yeah, they're like, fam, I, I didn't even know people live like this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You I was got like carpet in your house and like a basement. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was fortunate, like we lived yeah. with, uh, me and my sister lived with my grandparents, oh, you know, okay. growing up. And yeah. we lived in like a, a decent sized uh, home. And then I went to high school and then there's people who, you know, live in different areas. Yeah. So even elementary school. I have yeah. people like right across, like from where my area is, right across, there's, you know, co-op areas yeah. and things like that, right? So I think overall it's multicultural, Yep. right? I had a lot of friends from a di- like I had Chinese friends, I had Spanish friends, mm-hmm. I had black friends, I had Indian friends, I had like everything. Then when I even say black, I mean like Trinidadian, I had Jamaican, I had African, I had like all sorts from everywhere, you know mm. what I mean? And I think it was just a really melting pot of really interesting characters. Yeah. I mean, there's interesting yeah, characters, sure. you know what I'm saying? Because, yeah, you do get that, like, real grungy, yeah. real, you know, like, rug-a-tug type of people. Yep. And those are my friends. Yep. And, and then I have, like, you know, people who are into sports. Mm-hmm. And then I had people who are, I think, so... <sighs> what I chose to do, the people I chose to hang out with, man, I was into, like, you know, kind of the party scene. I don't know if I'm allowed to say it on the camera. Like, I smoke. Like, <laughs> yeah. we smoked a lot. Yeah. I, you know, I, yeah. I still smoke. Yeah. You know sure. what I'm saying? But uh, the culture was just very, like, for me, I hung out with a lot of West Indians. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Um, and we smoked. We had a good time. Yeah. Everyone looked out for each other. And I had a lot of friends who went through a lot of, like, tough situations. They yeah. got themselves into a lot of tough situations. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, some of my closest guy friends, man, we've been through it. We have been through, and I've seen them go through a lot of different things, um, just different, you know, some, like I said, not everyone was blessed like I did to have, you know, real support. Mm. And I'm sure that's the same in any kind of city, environment, in yeah. environment, you know, but I think what I really enjoy now, even like now being back into the school and seeing, it's like, you could tell when kids are from Scarborough. Yeah. For sure. Like, I can tell. Like, yeah, yeah you're from Scarborough. Like, yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. I get that. You yeah, know what I mean? It's a different sure. vibe. Yeah. Maybe. And, and even, so. even to see it change, because, like, mm-hmm. man, like, Scarborough, especially, like, because I went to school, like, in, like, the borderline, like, Morningside, Malvern area. Right. So, like, to see that you couldn't walk in a certain area at a certain time. I went to a uniform school. Like, you know, I didn't come from a mean of any affluence. But it's, like, to know that you can walk two to three kilometers outside of your school zone and being like in the middle of like a war zone Mm -hmm. where you have like no ties that was crazy to me and then the other side of it is like sticking to like sports and 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 you know books and you're seeing like the people that you meet along the way like you know we look at those great leaders that done things before us in our communities through sport and then there's like those safe havens like Mm -hmm. Malvern community center um, the Toronto Pan Am Center, which wasn't right. created at the time, but right. we had, you know, other outside programs that we were going to to keep us out the way. But like, good lad, you know, good lad, exactly. Good lad. Uh, Mid Scarborough, which Donovan Gremory, yeah. whatever the YMCA. But um, you know, it kind of gave us that uh, double perspective. Like, right. if you don't like stick to what you know, this is what Scarborough can give you. Like, yeah, there's two sides, for sure. You know what I mean? And like you said, like having um, friends that lived in better situations. You know, sure. I'm not going to say no names, but I had friends that lived in, that came from a great amount of affluence and you're going to their crib and it's like, wow, this is how middle class people live. For sure. And you're going back home and it's like, you're in low class and just seeing that, sure. you know what I mean? But with, with that being said, it shows you like, you know, what to stick to. It teaches you a lot of principles and values, which right. I think is really important. It's I feel humbling. like 
everybody that comes from Scarborough has a deep sense of pride, but they have a good like value system in terms of like, like what they stand for. Right. You know what I mean? And now when I look at it in terms of like people that are doing great things out of where we come from, right. it's easier now to go back and collaborate now because we have shared values by like community, where we come from. Yeah, the Scarborough love. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of people like, and that's why I say like, this is important for like, yeah. not only for you to be the first female on the podcast, but Shout you coming from where I come from and like showing the world like that this is cool. We can collaborate in different like yeah. industries. If I come from a sport background, but now I'm in advertising right. and marketing and you're in media, right. we can click up and it's cool. You know, it's not always about like competing and just because you're in media and I'm in media, we're not going to collab. We have no. two podcasts and we're coinciding together. Yeah, yeah. That's real strength. That's yeah, strength yeah. in numbers, mm -hmm. you know? So I say that to say this, like a lot of people have to step inside and embrace that role of like, you know, great things or greatness always comes from impoverished beginnings, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Like 10 years ago, I didn't know I was going to be here. You know, this was, a, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know I was, this was dealt in the cards just yeah. because what was my reality every day? You get what I'm saying? Right, right. But now, like, like you said, like, you know, you never know, right? But yeah. you just gotta like stay like true to who you are and, and your value systems and right. you know things like that. Absolutely. So talk about like some memorable experiences for you, if like it's high school or <laughs> or anything or some some things that kind of like yeah. set you on the path you're, you are now. Like, have you ever thought about like a career in media when you're in high school or? I had a really impactful leadership teacher. And so like what you were saying earlier, when yeah. you, you can resonate, you remember, you know, one or two, three teachers that made an impact. Yeah. So I had a really good uh, leadership teacher who pulled me aside one time and was like, I think this would be good for you. This is a program, you know, for Camp Olympia. Oh, was that a thing at your high school? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so we had yeah. that at my school. So shout out Mr. Grouchside, but Mr. Grouchside was just like, so. pulled me aside. He's like, hey, listen, I think leadership would be good for you. Right? And so the, the, the year he took me on, Right, he told me apply, I got in, and then I was in there for grade 10, 11, grade 12. And so none of my friends were in Camp Olympia. None of my close friends, I would say that. Like my close friends, my immediate group I hung out with mm. because, you know, like I said, we were smoking, we were doing other things. And that one leadership class that I had, and he was so like, he used to break down everything. He's, and he's a white guy, and oh, he would wow. break down black culture that's crazy. what's happening in the black community you know and he would do things like that and i mean wow. that, that's important in a school that has a lot of black kids you know what i mean in a curriculum that's not necessarily like geared yeah. to that yeah absolutely you know what i'm saying and so i feel like a big part of like ha like my personality was was cultivated in that class just mm. being able to like criticize the world that i live in right so you know, some memorable things. Everything to do with high school is memorable. Like, like you said, I really don't feel like I'm that old. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I literally saw my girl the other day and we were just talking about, like, how kids, her niece is 11 and she's like, she looks at me like I'm old because I'm on TikTok. That's I'm like, what do you mean, like, I'm old because I'm on TikTok? I'm on IG. <laughs> you know what I mean? The kids will try to clout, like, you know, talk to me. I'm like, I'm yeah. wearing the same sneakers you're wearing. Yeah. Okay, what are you talking about? Yeah, you know we, we, we've, been, we've been, like, the leaders of the culture from a long time but yeah. and, and people know. have paved the way for us you know Facts. what i'm saying and circle of life so what, what do i remember from high school uh taking the bus you remember when 20 dollars used to get you to scarborough town center buy food your bus your bus ticket a booby ticket and back home that Yo, was great. 20 bucks though even 10 <laughs> bucks can get you a nice date you know five buck movies you know like tuesday movies yeah 
that yo, used to go a long way yeah, back in high different, school. Different, different times, though. You know what I mean? And we didn't have Instagram. Like, I didn't get, I, th I think the first post I ever made on Instagram was 2013, which is the year after I left high school. Wow. Right? So we, you know, we had, what, T.Wire, Vibe yeah, T.O., other things, but it's more local. We didn't yeah, really Black have Planet. the access. So, you know, we were out. And I was a hot foot. On the pond road. She, she was outside. On the pond road. Like, <laughs> yep. it's crazy. You know, even thinking back, you know, now that I'm a parent, it's like, damn, ma. Like, I was out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? All two, three o'clock in the morning in ninth grade in Vern with yeah. my friends at my friend's house. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then taking the bus home, yeah. hopping on, you know, like, and then my one friend would get off to catch a 39 and we would stay on, catch the one oh, on the finch. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. And those are the moments that like I can't you just can't recreate. Yeah. Because now everyone drives. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like when you're in high school and you're taking the bus with your friends. Yeah, there's like a more like more sense of independence. Like nobody's gonna like you couldn't go to your mom and be like, yo, can you drive me here at like twelve o'clock or ten o'clock? Nah. You're when you leave your house, like I said, you gotta yeah. figure out how you're gonna eat, exactly. how you're gonna stay out of trouble. Exactly. Like how you're gonna make this money stretch. Like mm -hmm. kids now they get it, like I said, like kinda handed to them. Like like the kids some, some of the kids I coach, okay, they're I want to play basketball. Okay, your dad's going to drop you and stay there and pick you up and right. make sure you have your shoes tied and right. your Gatorade and stuff right. like that. Where it's like, nah, when I was playing growing up, right. every gym I went to, I had to hitch a ride or take the bus. Take the bus. You know, I, Times have changed, though. Yeah, exactly. Safety. It's a different day and age. When we were kids, actually, if you like, take it back. So you're mm. 28, I'm going to be 27. Like, mm. when we were kids, we could go to the park and come home and it's fine. Like now, like yeah. you think I'm gonna let my, my yeah. five-year-old go to the park by himself? I don't know. It's a different day and age, right? Yeah. So I think like even times have changed. Security has changed, you know? Yeah. All kids now have to have cell phones or back in the day, we didn't have that. MSN, yo, what was your point MSN. of contact? Oh, MSN, I, Facebook? I remember one of my user logins was Tingda. <laughs> you know how West Indians are always just like, I, just, I put that on my story the other day on IG. That's crazy. There was a Jamaican guy, uh, the clip, he was basically talking about how West Indian parents always say, grab the ting there for me, I'm putting on a ting there, oh, and then this okay, and this, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I said, your you dad, know, your dad. <laughs> so yeah. And my mom too, my mom's Jamaican. Yeah, my dad's sure. Guyanese, right? Yeah. And so I remember, like, I hit him, I tagged my boy, and I was like, CJ, remember when my, my username was this? He's like, bam, that's crazy. Like, I completely forgot, but ting there. That's crazy. Sure. So um, you mentioned something about your parents. So I was gonna, I'm gonna turn to obviously your mixed race. Yeah. Um, how like was that experience for you? Obviously, like navigating into you know obviously high school and then yeah. going to college and you know now mm -hmm. at you know we're in midst of a social revolution or mm -hmm. activism. So have you ever had any experiences where you know you were uh, misjudged? You know maybe prejudice, some racial mm. experiences. Can you kind of talk on that? Right from the jump, from a bond. Like, my mom is Chinese, like full Chinese, but born and raised in Jamaica. And then my dad is black from Guyana, right? So my mom's side, like me and my sister are the only mixed race, like biracial kids in the family. Like everyone else married Chinese Jamaicans or just full Chinese, what have you. And then, so here are these two little black girls, you know what I mean? And when I say black girls, because we visibly, and I mean, I'm not dark skinned, I'm fair-skinned, but you can tell my hair texture is different. And for Chinese folks, that's different. Mm. You were definitely black, right? So from the jump, it was uncomfortable all the time at Chinese restaurants because I was hung around with my grandparents. I was with my grandparents, right? Mm. Um, so right off the rip, like, we always knew that people looked at us different in different environments because of our race. It was solely, like, in the Chinese restaurant, like, yo, who are these kids? It's like, that's my grandma. You know what I mean? And I think at a young age, I kind of grew a resentment towards 
the Chinese community because it's like if you don't speak Chinese, uh, yeah, you kind of feel like an outsider. Yeah, they kind of yeah. like shift you. You know what I'm saying? And as I got older, I would like I would honestly say in my household we were exposed to everything because again, like my mom doesn't speak Chinese. She's never been to China. She grew up in Jamaica. You know what I'm saying? All her friends were from the islands, yeah. you know, when we were out and about. And then when I saw my dad, right, because we didn't live with my dad, but we saw my dad. Yeah. Uh, he, I mean, if you haven't seen my dad on social media, go, go, go look at my highlights and see my dad, <laughs> honestly. Like, he's just a, yeah. a, a class of his own. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I really learned to love culture. Mm. And I love culture. Like, I speak, like, I understand Hakka fluently, which is our native tug of Chinese, mm. right? So I teach my son now. Wow. Like, even before we go to sleep, like, he can say, like, three sentences. He can almost speak, he can say sentences better in Hakka than he can in, in English. Wow. Right? And, and your, on your grandma's side, it's Mandarin is the... Uh, no, it's Hakka. We it's speak Hakka. Hakka, yeah. So, it's wow. like, there's Mandarin, there's Cantonese, and there's Hakka. So, you see Hakka restaurants. Yeah. So, Hakka people are the people, uh, the Chinese who left China, and they're travelers. So, mm. if there's Chinese in India, they speak Hakka. Chinese in any of the islands, Jamaica, Trinidad, Guyana, Barbados, whatever the case is, Hakka. Uh, mm. Chinese in Mauritius, they speak Hakka, like, mm. anywhere, in, like, anywhere, you know? Um, so, that's the dialect we speak. And I think it's a beautiful thing, honestly. I think, you know, people always ask me, you know, do I resonate with one or the other? Like, nah, like I'm completely all, completely all because I love my Chinese roots. Like growing up with my grandparents, obviously, mm -hmm. we had to celebrate Chinese New Year, yeah, yeah. you know, Mooncake Festival. I went to dim sum every Saturday with my family, you know what I mean? And then, I mean, it, it's kind of spicy because of the Chinese Jamaican. Like my mom is very, you know, West Indian at that, Yeah. right? So. We cater to kind of everything. Yeah. And then growing up, I think me and my sister established this recently, actually. I really gravitated towards my West Indian side, right? Because I used to, look, I was a daddy's girl. Like, I used to look up my dad like an idol. Like, I was mm. like, that is so cool. Yeah. So I really paid attention to everything, everything. he did. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And he's wild, right? So, I mean, now, you know, if I could go to Carnival every year, all over, I would. You know, last year, my birthday, our birth, my birthday's coming up next month. This yep. time last year, I was in Trinidad. Mm. Then I was in Guyana, and then I was in New York before I came back to Toronto, right? So, I mean, big up the com uh, West Indian community. It's so much fun. Yeah. I and, love fetting. Yeah. Hey, like, you, and, know, you know me. Yeah, for sure. And it's like, it's crazy, like I said, to have that outlook or that perspective where you right. can kind of maintain true to your roots on both sides. Because a lot of people are usually, and I'm just going to be brutally honest, yeah. more white or more black when they're right. biracial. And they don't want to take the time to be more diverse or study more of one right. culture and get more well-rounded. So it's, right. it's very important that you do that because, you're, like I said, you're passing it on. You know, mm -hmm. your, your son is now going to have to be an influence of mm -hmm. what you are. Mm -hmm. So it's very important that you stay in tune with like, your roots, mm -hmm. um, you know, culture. And stuff like that so how do you feel it's like raising a son amidst the obviously the rise of you know overt racism and stuff mm -hmm. like that like how do you how do you navigate in like raising your son to to know and be a confident you know man and Young know, black man exactly mm -hmm. and just knowing like that no matter what it is like he has to always know that like there's going to be that prejudgment like how do you prepare him for something like mm -hmm. that that's a big one I think it's such a perplex and complex topic that every time, you know, this could be a whole podcast on its own. Yeah. You know what real. I mean? Like, I, this has been going on for years. This is nothing new. Yeah. Racism is nothing new. It's been in our faces. The media just, you know, picks and chooses when they want to, right? And, I mean, if you haven't followed me, follow my socials because I talk about black 
lives a lot. You yeah. know, I, I you know one of my episodes for the Parker conversation was raising a black son. Yeah. Right. And I came about an article, and that was really powerful. I remember reading the article, and I I was bawling, like actually twin. I was bawling in my bed, and the article was basically about a black mother writing to a mother who doesn't have a black child, right, yeah. a non-black, and just saying, how can you raise your child to hate mine, like. At, a, at, a, at an innocent level, like when you see babies, like there's yeah. people that literally look at black babies and are just like, ew. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like it's a baby. Yeah. Like any baby, white, black, yellow, brown, whatever the case is, right? And so for the simple fact that people, remember racism is taught. It's something that people learn, learn yeah. from other people. They see it. They don't just, they're not Wake born up, and like, yeah. I hate black people. For sure. Right? But ultimately, after all these years of systemic racism, like they have had their advantage because they got the free labor mm -hmm. and everything else that has gone to it. And now we're here. So people always ask, like, how are we going to fix it? Right. So how am I going to fix the future for my son? Because honestly, it stumps me every time. It's just like, I don't know, because as much as, you know, I, I, I empower him, you know, he is a king. He's a powerful black king. Yep. You know, my brothers are powerful black men. My dad's a powerful black man. My my, you know, my aunts and whatever, like everyone, they're powerful. Black is powerful. It really, Facts. I really do feel that, and yep. I, I love that about myself. You know what I mean? That it's powerful, mm. um, and it's really, you know, the revolution is televised. It's, be, it's been televised. It's still being televised, and I think the most important thing for me as a mom is to just make sure that my son is always comfortable. You know, you are black. Be proud of it, because do you know who a mommy is? Do you know who your grandfather is? You got to be proud of who you are and the skin that you're mm. in. You know what I mean? Don't ever let nobody make you feel less. Yep. Less. Less for who? Yeah. For why? Because of your skin? Yeah. Oh. I want you to, like, you know, yeah. it's like when you build up a child and just allowing them to be secure in who they are, it's not about, it's not about the skin color. And I don't want him to not see his color, you know, because his dad is full black. Mm. So he's, what, quarter Asian. Full, he got my skin color. You know yeah. what I mean? So he, he does it, definitely has an Asian, you know, look. But yeah. You're black, baby. Yeah. Embrace it. Yeah. As, as much as I can tell you. And in things in life, nothing in life is fair. You'll, you'll come across things in life, you know, honestly, that, that aren't fair. And as a, as a mom, I don't want to ever shelter my son and, you know, let him know that the world is going to be flowers yeah. and, you know, people are going to praise you wherever you go. No, you're going to have to work harder, especially as a black male. You're going nice. to have to work harder. Yeah. My dad has always said, as a black man, he's had always had to work 10 times harder. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I don't want him to shy. I don't want to shy away from that conversation where, like, the odds may be against, against you. Against you, absolutely. But let me tell you, success is sweet, you know? Yeah. Especially when you're a black man. Absolutely. Especially, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, a lot of power. Yeah. And the same with, with you. I'll, yeah. I'll tell you that. I'll give you your flowers. You're a powerful black king. I yeah. love what you're doing. I love what you're doing for the community. Thank you so much. And you're somebody's son too, right? Yeah, she absolutely. did a good job. Yeah, Shout thank you. Um, you know, I wanted to kind of just tap in there of, like, the history. You, you talked about, like, knowing where you come from in mm -hmm. terms of, like, your father, your, yeah. your father's father, yeah. and your mother's mother, yeah. and, you know, connecting with, like, their roots. Mm -hmm. So I feel like, especially, like, I'm not a parent, but, like, mm -hmm. I feel like I have an influential role in different, like, sure. youth and stuff like that. For so sure. I feel like education is also the pathway to empowerment, you know, sure. and self-education. You don't have to get informed by going to university. Like, study books, you know, read books. Like, learn about, like, systemic racism, mm -hmm. oppression. You know, the world leaders, you know what I mean? And, you know, the other day I was on Instagram and I also took a, you know, a chance to kind of look at good, like, composers that were developed during the Harlem Renaissance mm -hmm. back in the 1920s where um, Harlem was ran by the Italians and the Jewish mm -hmm. people. 
And then everybody from the influx of the Great Migration came to Harlem and ran all these, these African-based businesses that basically reintegrated Harlem into the community, in, in the black community. So it's like, um, I always tell people in terms of like, don't use this time as to make excuses. Like, ah, oh, you know, yeah, fuck, the world's racist. But like, utilize this time that like educate yourself that, you know, sure. is going to set you in a position where you can kind of impact change on a mass level even if it's like clicking up with like people in your community and let's say right. yo this is the problem this is what's happening right. let's create a solution like you know what i mean let's create ways that's gonna empower us together because i always say it's strength in numbers right. the african proverbs if all black people came together and that were well informed and had the resources right. we'd be more powerful than the jewish community and the italian community mm -hmm. or as powerful as the italian mm -hmm. community mm -hmm putting organizations in place mm -hmm. and providing for generations and mm -hmm. providing wealth for generations and widening the gaps. Speak on it. But it's like a lot of people is like, oh man, like they use this racism as a time of like, it's, it is hard, you know what I mean? But like educate yourself, okay. study, you know, the, the world leaders, like the Mensa Musas of the world, uh, the Malcolm X's of the world and Martin Luther King's of the world, Ralph Ellison, like, the great African-American leaders. And it all started with what? The vessel of change, okay? I believe that this is the right way to be. So mm -hmm. act on intention, you know? Like, get your community behind you. Like, it's just different. And I feel like in this time for me, like, with my business, I'm trying to like figure out how I can infuse like the information with um, providing opportunities for right. our people and opening those doors where it's like the corporate world has, you know, exploited black culture for a long time. Mm -hmm. How do you fix that problem? You know what I mean? How do you allow us to run the culture in terms of like what we own, right? In technology, yeah. like we don't own Apple, no shares, right? right. Like, like, like Jay-Z's opening doors for Tidal, right. it's black owned. Puma is gonna be black owned, right. Rock Nation. Like these empires that, right. you know, guys like LeBron and Jay-Z and these guys are um, invoking on a mass level. But what about the people like on a micro level? Well, we gotta, we gotta click up. We gotta get together right. and build things that we own. And then we exploit it to them, just like they did to us. So it's like using our intelligence, you know? You gotta always like play chess. You can't play checkers. Sure. Don't make just a move based on like impulse, emotion. Like, nah, right. we gotta strategically plan and right. then put it out in place. Make sense? Yeah. As you were saying, the great leaders of the African community, uh, I wanna shout out Nipsey Hussle. Because he's been influential. And I mean, you talk about the micro level of community, yep. you know, in, in the community, like from the community. And what Nip always said, there's one, one line that really always sticks with me. It's not on you, it's, it's in, in you. you. And what's in you, they, they can't, can't take, take from, from you. you. Yep. You know what I mean? And so when you talk about information, education, you know what I'm saying? The more you know is the more power that you have. That's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Like, it just it, in terms of like knowing your rights. If you yeah. know your rights, they can't, they can't make you for That's a fool. That's what I'm saying. A lot, of, a, lot of the, a lot of the people that get exploited, like you see it in like policing. Like yeah. America's another story, so let's just talk yeah. within our communities. Right. Like, like a lot of people get taken advantage of because they don't have that exposure to information and they're not educated. For sure. You know, I'm gonna talk on my personal experience. Like, like I'm gonna use my mom as an example. Like. Right she would always take the teacher's sides in school because she didn't have that mm -hmm. knowledge mm -hmm. of what they're going to do to a kid that is confident when he's black, right. that's going mm -hmm. places, that has an elevated mm -hmm. perspective. Mm -hmm. 
You know what I mean? Not to say like I never listened to teachers, but like I always had a different perspective. Like I was in American history in like the 11th grade. I can and, hear you in class. All and they're like teaching me about JFK, but I'm like, yo, like why can't I like write about Malcolm X? Right. Like he did things that are just as influential of JFK. Like that was my perspective, right. but that wasn't allowed at that time, like to be taught in American history, you know, by a white teacher of that matter. So it's like, like my mom wasn't educated and that was came at the expense of her being on their side. You know what right. I mean? So it's it's very important, like you said, to kind of, you know, educate, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and share that information. Like I'm the type of person, if I read a good book, yo, this book would serve our community good. Sure. Here. You okay. know, I was I was listening to Nipsey and I was reading his book list. Like right. I probably have ten of his books like right. that I've read just because like he shared like those codes yeah. and that's and that's the important thing too like a lot of people from our communities they don't share the game they they get out and they don't share the codes like you you got to rewrite those narratives like i came from a place yeah. if i came from the gutter and i i made it out yeah. i got to share those codes with the like the, the youngins coming up i got to be the true og cuz there's a difference an og there's two sides an og can put you on game through experience or put you on game through his failures the OG that's gonna be still where you were when you were like 12 mm -hmm. and now you're 30 and he's still there. Mm -hmm. That might not be the OG you wanna talk to, but the OG that you've seen at various levels, mm -hmm. you're at the bottom together. Every time you see him, he's elevating. Right. That's the OG and that, that was Nip. Nip was from Rolling 60s, he's from Crenshaw, yeah. right? Grammy nominated artist. Like he was in a different light, elevation. Right. That's a true OG. Right. So I think like that mentorship's important. And I think also just even to piggyback off of that, he owned mm. his ownership. Remember you were talking about like people being taken advantage for, even yeah. a lot of upcoming artists and thing. Everyone feels as if they have to, you know, be part of a label that at the top of the top of the top, but guess what? It's middle-aged white men. Yeah, they don't look like you. You know what I mean? They no. might give you a little royalties and you take what you can and you go with it, but ownership is very important yep. you know and especially again you know in our community even in scarborough so let's you know continue that continue to push that envelope yeah for our youth for people our age too because we're at the age where we're you know starting to buy homes or mm -hmm. you know aiming at doing xyz right and ownership is important because again what you have they can't take from you mm -hmm. they could try they could try to make you, you know, take you for a puppet and all these things. But if you own these things, if you own the royalties, if mm -hmm. you own, you know, the ownership to your yeah. music, if you own the ownership to your yeah. brand, you know, if you, you, people have to copyright these things, mm -hmm. you know, get the licensing, yeah. you know, and, and once you own, that's how I think that's how the black community will itself just beg. It's like, it's, we're, we're, I'm not asking to take from theirs because mm -hmm. someone made an analogy one day and they're like, if someone is ahead in a race, right really other ethnicities if they're ahead of the race you think they're just gonna fall back so that you can catch up they're not gonna do that mm. and i'm not expecting other cultures to do that and i would take them to understand how they got ahead yeah. and don't use your privilege because just when you got ahead how the way you did yeah right but the black community build together you know and, and you know circulate the money that's why it's so important you yeah. know push black owned businesses yeah. I have a picture on my, on my Instagram of my son wearing the, uh, you know, uh, Black Lives Matter. It's a yeah. cap I bought from New York, a black owned business in New York. You know what I mean? And it's just like, just keep the dollars within your community. Yeah. And you know, and I think that's a great place to start. Yep. And it's mm -hmm. like a mentality, you know, because we're brainwashed to consumerism, capitalism, all that other stuff, you know, but it's like, sure. 
you gotta like brainwash yourself. Like if you can pay a hundred dollars to wear Nike, you can pay eighty five dollars to wear a throne. And that's, that's just what I'm like, that's the analogy. That's don't not, look that's fire. Like, you know, like don't don't look at it as like, oh, it's too much or mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So we just gotta really like just change the way we think. So I wanted to just do one quick thing before we wrap up here. Um, I'm going to turn to something I like to do here that's called quick hitters. Okay. Where I kind of act, I, you know, ask questions and you just kind of give me rapid fire answers. So uh, we're going to do Scarborough edition here. So um, your top three favorite food spots in Scarborough. Oh, God, you can do that to me. Okay, my favorites recently... Okay, well, we're going to put Mona's on just because, like, if you ever want any just quick picks down the street for me, can't go wrong, Mona's Roti. Um, I'm big on their their, their curry. Uh, what is it? What the is curry. It? No, I get the roti, but I get the curry goat. I get the curry goat roti with the bone in it. The mm. bone makes all the difference. Esquire, a VP and chef mm-hmm. for Greek food. Yep. Like, if you ever have, like, 15 bucks and you want a big dinner and yep. a good dinner, shout out to Esquire. And in Scarborough, in Scarborough, in Scarborough, in Scarborough. Honestly, I'm gonna say a lot of the Chinese restaurants. In specific, uh, Kanji Queen, Candy Shepherd. Ooh, I thought you were gonna say Perfects though, because we mm. used to go. You know what? Perfects on the late nights. On the late nights. After any party, I was at. Yeah. I actually went to Perfects the other day in broad daylight. That's crazy. Three in the afternoon, and I know that's you know it's normally a late night spot, but Perfects is definitely a go-to for sure. Yeah, and then uh, three, I guess like. Like, like iconic chill spots or like landmarks, like your top three in the city, in Scarborough, sorry. <laughs> now or when I was younger? Because when we're younger, we're talking of all, about... Like, like, yeah, like, of, um, like... Okay, iconic, just iconic of all time, Scarborough Town Center. Mm. Scarborough Town Center, I mean, the bus terminal, first of all, the movie theater, anywhere, like, listen, things were gone and back in the day, okay? Yeah. So Scarborough Town Center for sure. <sighs> We would venture, even from Scarborough kids, we would go down to Woodbine, Woodbine Beach. I know that's not from oh, Scarborough. Oh, on, on, can, um, can I say that Woodbine? Like, Woodbine, uh, no, that's a little... North, I know. Yeah. It's East York. Yeah, it's East York. So, I, I mean, but Scarborough kids, we were, we were out of Woodbine. All right, so, okay. Three other iconic spots. My house. You know my house was a chill spot. Yeah. Everyone and anybody, you know, was at my crib. So, shout out to the landmine. Jeez. We're, people have always been at my house. And for me, another iconic spot. I'll say maybe mo- Morningside Movie Theater. Oh, at uh, <laughs> oh, at by, by my high school. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, that's but crazy. Was, like that's where you know if you wanted to get like movies at a cheaper rate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, cheaper, yeah, yeah, it was cheaper, like two or three dollars cheaper. cheaper. Yeah, and then um, I guess your your top five like iconic or like rotational songs in high school that you play on like your. Your iPod. Oh or, my you gosh, know? how are you doing this to me? Yeah. Okay. My I'm thinking about my ringtones. She's Royal, Terrace Riley. Mm. Shout out to all my, my reggae and dancehall people. For me it was a lot of dancehall. Um How you gonna put me on the spot like that? Like there's so many. Uh blah, blah, blah. I, okay, what I can remember are all like you know, the in things when they came out, like Chris Brown, if Chris Brown came out with a new song. Yep. I can remember Chris Brown, Fetty Wap. I can remember who else came out that was majorly big. I'm thinking BET days. Yeah. Big tracks. Okay, well, Vibes Cartel, Movado, um, Sarani. Sarani was a big one. Those are people. Yeah. 
can we make sense of those five? Chris Brown, you said. Chris Brown? Like, I mean, in terms of rap, what I used to listen to? Old Weezy? Yeah, Lil Wayne, old. Kids don't know about Old Weezy. Yeah. Old Weezy, Nas. That was before, the, that was before the Drake era. You see before how things, things changed, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Soldier Boy. Crank that. In high school. Yeah, Crank so, that was... That was big. Yeah, that was big. That was a big deal. Uh, the dugging was a big thing. Yeah, that was my last year. I... I can I tell you I've dug it a couple times? I yeah. Don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> but for like, sure. I know that was a big thing. Yeah. But nah, yeah. Nah, that's what's up. And then, um, you know, one last thing I say is like advice that you would give to your younger self. Like, what would that sound like? Be more mindful. I think really and truly now that I'm able to look back and, you know, be amongst girls my age from the same borough that I was from, I know it's hard to take advice from people who are older. I know it sounds cliche, you know, like when I was your age, uh, because I really feel like I really, I was in that mentality where I didn't listen to nobody. I was doing exactly what I wanted to do. I was grown, I was 16 and grown, okay? So excuse me if I was out and I was about, you know what I mean? And I feel like I really wasn't disciplined with myself. And if I had been, I think I would have just set myself up and I would have skipped some of those really bad hardships. Not that I regret the hardships that I went through, but they were really tough to go through. You know what I mean? And so if I had listened to more guidance and if I had you know, paid more attention to the little subtle things that people would tell me that I was doing, I definitely would have taken into consideration as opposed to just be like, I'm grown. Say what you want to say. It's cool. I got to figure it out. Because guess what? At 16, at 17, at 18, and 19, even before I had my kid, at 23, to where I'm at now, at almost 27, I'm a completely different person. So just, you know, realize that, you know, the, the decisions that you make then aren't your end all. It's not your end all. God willing, you've got a, life, a, lot, a lot of life ahead of you. Mm. So stay true to yourself and be open to hearing what other people have to say. And especially people who have gone through the same things you've gone through, people that you look up to, spend more time, you know, I never spent time with people that I was like, okay, I, I can see myself doing this. Yeah. Asking questions. Yeah. I never really did that. Yeah. So just seek more life. And when I say life, people. People is life. Yeah. You, you don't have life without people. That's Absolutely. what we're here for. Yeah, for sure. And um, like I said, I'm going to echo off that message. You know, um, like just don't be afraid to, to create something that's never been done. You know, a lot of people always say like, oh, like, you know, I can't do this. I can't do this. Like, what can you do? Why don't you work with the parameters of what's, what's in front of you? Sure. You know, use your mediums. Like, you know, start a podcast with, you know, a microphone and two cameras. Mm -hmm. And then you, mm -hmm. when you're on the level where you can do it in a setup and get it right, get it right. But just get started. Just get started. You know what I mean? And we're going to, um, you know, leave this platform now where people can find you. So you, you let the crowd know where they can tap in with you and right. kind of connect with you and stuff like that, you know? On all my socials, my handle is jlucci, J-L-U-E-C-H-E. I'm supposed to be dropping a website where you'll be able to get all of it, all the park car conversations, all the episodes, a submission form, you know, sponsorship, branding, collabs, anything that you need, it will be dropping there soon. So make sure you check out all my socials and everything will be coming together like this. Stay tuned. Yep, yep. So check it out. We'll see y'all shortly. And uh yeah. Keep pushing the culture forward and Scarborough forever. Peace. Yeah.